Hello and welcome to Carry On Streaming, a podcast in which I, Jeremy Lim, watch all the Carry On films in order and analyse them in detail so you don't have to. I don't have to either, but I choose to, which is somehow worse. But luckily I don't do it alone, no, by criminy I do not. Each episode I'm joined by a very special one of about three people. This time I'm again in the virtual presence of Mr Paul Litchfield. Paul, hello. Hello, Jeremy. How are you on this fine day? I'm as well as can be expected. Right, See hence that? the crying and the hence nudity. The, yeah, yeah. Well, this week, just three pints, please. It's Carry On Milkman from 1959. Carry On Milkman. Yes, the second one. How did, how did you get on with Carry On Milkman then, Paul? Well, I, I, it's certainly an easier watch than its uh, previous film. Yes, it's settled down a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's sort of finding its carry-on feet. We're starting to get a few more double entendres creeping in. Yeah. Although, weirdly, in this film, there's hardly any double entendres or swanny whistles related to women, especially their breasts and their mm. bums and the carry-on fodder. These are all about male genitalia, which is very odd. Strange, isn't it, really? Yeah, I, so I... it's constant sort of whoop and close-ups of groins, which is very strange. At first, I thought that was a directorial choice, as in, you know, you'd zoom into a crotch and that would be a way out of the scene. But no, you're absolutely yes. right. It's, 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 it quite often zooms in and then zooms back out again immediately. Um, yeah, and then back and forth, back and forth, back, back and, and forth, forth. Over and over again. Um, yeah, so so it was either a terrible mistake that they constantly did, mm. or, or or it was part of the uh, DNA of this particular carry-on film. Well, uh, it's an interesting one because there are it is full of well, we'll come on to the cast in a minute, but I mean there are quite a yeah. few um, female actors in the cast, a lot of whom you wouldn't expect to be in. To be honest, no. You you sent me some notes, and I I didn't see this originally, and I had to um, when I rewatched um, Carry On. Uh, Milkman for the uh, 18th time I finally spotted it yeah um and that and that's when you see um oh, she's now a dame it's Joan Collins Don't, yeah exactly as a milkman tiny little part tiny as a little milkmaid role. very strange but she's not very glam in it which is weird and then you get Irene Handel as a sex pot and she's really glammed up she's really glammed up I, again, yeah she's, she spends the whole thing in a in a boob tube I know, she? yeah, she's, you know, she, she carries it off pretty well as well, to be honest. Yes, I mean, yeah, um, um, should we mention the um, the sort of uh, the title sequence, which is the usual fare? Um, yes, you know, yeah, the let's start from the beginning. So this is, this is 1959, so um, tail end of the, of the, of the 50s. Um, but as you say, the title sequence immediately is, feels like a carry-on film in the way that carry-on corporal didn't, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you you sort of know what you're going to get this time. Um, it's it's um, there's none of the military music in the first one. No, it's, it's much more that traditional jaunty, rollicking city. sort of yeah. Yeah, and we get yeah, it's brilliant. Which comes back all the way through, doesn't it? Yeah, and then and then the massive pom 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 pom. And there's loads of little animations of people riding cows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's a milk float on fire, and there's also quite an amazing title sequence actually. And apparently, it was Saul Bass who did it, so that probably explains it. Really. Yeah, wow. fresh off of Vertigo or whatever it was. 
and you get and you get those lovely little gags which um carry on became really famous for where it says um carry on milkman or then it'll go all oh, the, the cat, cat that's got, got, the... got the cat <laughs> yeah the cream that's got the cat that's it cream it? that's got the cat that's it or and uh yeah what's the other one or why, what, don't, why don't you go top yourself? Why don't you go top yourself? It's a bit risable. A bit weird. And then, or the burst yeah. onion. I'm not quite yeah, which I don't get. I didn't I get that at all. Maybe know. that's a, a it, reference to something. Must be a reference to something in the news. Yeah. Um, but again, it's so, by Norman Hudis again. This is another Hudis, isn't it? Yeah. And directed by Gerald Thomas. Fairly definite that it was him this time round, rather than the question mark over the last one. Well, you definitely know because right at the end of the title sequence, it says it says directed by Joe Thomas, and then that fades, and then it appears again, bigger. Yeah. Directed by Joe, so she's yeah, telling it's... you, t- telling you twice. It's, it's sort of underlined as well, isn't it? Isn't his yeah, name it's under- underlined. underlined? Yeah, yeah. So you definitely know that this is this, this is his baby. This is his. Uh, exactly, yeah. You know, this, is, this is a Joe Thomas joint, as yeah. it were. So, which which makes me wonder why he did all those crash zooms into men's groins and stuff because that wasn't, I have no idea wasn't a feature of his later style. No, um, so he's just experimenting maybe at this stage. Um, I'm not entirely. I I don't know why. No, no, I know that just after this, he completed work on this film. He had to go in for electroconvulsive treatment. So. I don't know if that's related to time. Right, so that could have some bearing on it, couldn't it? It could, or, it could or have it could done. Just, it could just, be, could just be coincidence. Well, it could just be coincidence, but we'll, maybe we'll never know. Uh, I'll do some no. more digging for next time. I'll do some more digging okay. around that one. Now, you found out some rather interesting things about how mm. Hudis um, wrote this, or because it wasn't a, it was something like someone else's idea or something you were saying. That's right. Yes, it, it was, came from something. It was based not on a play, actually, but it was actually based on a speech. Right. A speech. A speech. Uh, yeah, written by the twenty-one-year-old Arthur Scargill, uh, who was unionising the milk marketing board at the time. Um, because right. when he was young, he used to he was known as a, as a gag man. To be honest, he used to gag up you know union speeches, and uh, if they had to give a talk to some trade union congress, he, he would he would put in a few knob gags and stuff like that. So, um, right, I, 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 I believe Scarborough was also sort of quite a big fan of the pratfall as well. He used to quite like yeah, that. Exactly. I mean, sometimes way before he was in charge of the miners, he used to he he, he did that thing. He pretend to trip up as he got on the podium. And then, yeah, I, I seem to remember some um, reading some transcripts about um, sometimes he'd just like to fall down mine shafts. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'd say, and where is the entrance to the mine? Where is the entrance to the mine? Was one of his. Yeah, um, and, then, his, one of his and, then, and then he'd appear all, all really crumpled and covered yeah, in black covered soot. In black soot. Yeah. Everyone would laugh, and they'd be like, "Oh, he's definitely one of us." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's, that doesn't get talked about anymore, does it? Really, that is early. His early funny um, union career. Not so much. Well, he, he continued. I mean, uh, a bit later on, he, he did that lovely pratfall into the sea, didn't he? Um, which was filmed on a beach. Um, wasn't he with his wife? And he just no, that was, into that the was Neil Kinnock. But that was Neil. But oh, is that Kinnock? That was Kinnock. Oh, that's Kinnock. That's Kinnock, isn't it? Sorry. Oh, well, maybe he wrote that for Kinnock. I think that's what it was. I'm it, not sure. No, I think you're absolutely right because it was at the time when he was he was very powerful and, and big at the time, and and Kinnock used to get him to write a few routines so that he could slip into his leadership, like that time when he went, "Well, all right," over and over again. Well, all right. The reason he kept repeating yeah. it is because it wasn't getting the, the laugh. Well, it was a catchphrase, wasn't it? That he was trying to establish a catchphrase. It was supposed to be a gag. It was a punchline to a, a very long, involved joke that he'd been telling. You know, and, right. And the sailor said, well, all right. 
but he didn't get didn't get enough laughs, so he had to keep repeating. Anyway, we're in danger of getting off topic. But as so a, cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, an eclectic cast, I think is, is fair to say. Yeah. So so we've got some of some of the carry on Star Wars that that, that we're going to love as the films go on. But then you've got um, you know Arthur Askey's in this one. Arthur which Askey is, which is, 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 is one carry on film. He's sort of nominally the star of it, isn't it? Really, because it's we open with him. Yeah, yeah. He sort of is the main guy, isn't he? We open with him in prison. We'll come to that in a minute. We've also got Terence Longdon, who's in a couple of the early carry ons. It's quite quite yes. forgettable. Uh, young Brian Wilde. Yeah. You, you, Very you, young Brian Wilde. From, from Porridge and um, later Vast of the Summer Wine, of course. Um, so that, yes. and do, you, do, you, do, you think, do you think that Brian's in that just to give the prison scene a bit of kudos, a bit of authenticity? Well, I, I found out a bit about this. He, uh, he didn't get on at all with Arthur Askey, actually. Really? Yeah, and um, I don't know if you've noticed, but every, every time there's a scene of the two of them together, it ends very abruptly. And the reason for that right. is because each time Brian Wilde was so angry that he was just literally about to lamp Arthur Askey in the face. And so they had to literally cut, really? cut it. I mean, there are a couple where you can actually see his, his fist entering the bottom of the frame. Um, and it really well, quickly cut. And, and, yeah, and there are a couple of times where Arthur Askey appears um, to have a black eye and then a bit later on doesn't have a black eye. Yes, and um, his, his glasses are taped, taped up at one point as well. Taped up at one point. Yes, that's right. So I just, I just thought, thought that was just some weird little joke. No, no, it's, it's to do with it's to do with their, their feud, which was ongoing. Do you know what was the source of this um, acrimonious behaviour? Yes, um, apparently. Why, why they hated well, each other so? Apparently, Brian Wilde thought Arthur Askew was a twat, and that, that's that's about it. Right. But you can see why he thought that, to be honest. Right. Um, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. But, um, uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Connor, of course, is in this. He, yes. Now, I don't know if you knew about this. He was cast very much at the last moment. I know he was, he was quite, quite had a big role in Carrie and Corporal, but um, he so, so, uh, another cast member had dropped out. Um, I can't remember who it was. Um, so uh, I think the cast member who dropped out was actually Richard Wattis. Oh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, actually, because he does have some very Wattisian lines, yeah. doesn't he? But um, he, because he was cast at the last moment, he didn't he didn't have time to learn the script as well as he normally does. Oh, and that's why that's why you can see seeing Richard's just so he's looking funny. around a lot, isn't he? He looks over people's shoulders, and and the reason for that is because he's written his lines on some of the props. Um, and you can yes, have... I mean, and they are everywhere. There's there's, yeah, there's one them, scene in in the control control room of the of of the dairy. Yeah, where even at one point there's how in the field and that's got a line exactly written on yeah it. you can clearly see that yeah give me that phone it says on the cow doesn't it yeah that's right and he immediately um, give me that I phone think, i think i think there's a bit where he even forgot to go yeah exactly which is, yeah it's written on the filing cabinet isn't it huge letters yeah, but he's not looking at it, so it just says "call," and he just stands there. Yeah, and he he just stares at a woman yeah. with his mouth open, just, exactly, but not yeah. making a sound. Yeah, and I believe there was there's a prank um, a little bit later on um, in the nuclear bunker where um, he Kenneth obviously looks um, askance, and written on the back of one of the reactors is uh, Kenneth Connor hasn't remembered his lines, which he then reads. I know, he and reads. then you see. There's that sheepish look into the camera, which they keep in. I, I, I don't know. know which cast member who actually wrote that, but he just read it verbatim. Well, I imagine it was Terence Longdon because it was uh, written in very flowery, right. flowery. He was known for his calligraphy. Right. So it almost looks like a well, font. He was known for inventing a very sexually aggressive font, wasn't he? Terence Longdon. That um, didn't. 
Frottagia. Frottagia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Which luckily we don't have now as no, part of it's, our it's, 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 it's officially font ob- system. It's the only font which is officially obscene. I think it was ruled as obscene. Yes, it? yes. It was it was it was put into a lead casket and um thrown into the North Sea. Yeah. I think he was hoping it was going to be the carry on font, but um of course in the end they went for a much more it's, saucy but no. less overt mm. font, didn't they really? What's the what is the carry on font called? That that sort of Sourcing oh, letters. I always just thought it was called four. It might be actually four. Like I don't know, or, or, or maybe Swanee something. We'll do a bit more digging because, to be honest, they haven't yeah. they haven't settled on the font yet in the Carry On canon at this point. No. So, so what you get at the beginning of this film is Arthur Askey. He's leaving jail. He's getting out of jail. Yeah. 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 Getting out of jail. And uh, the first thing he does when he comes out of jail, he notices there's two pints of milk by the front entrance. He just swipes one. He just swipes it. Exactly, yeah. He hasn't learned a thing. Did you notice, by the way, that it's actually filmed in Pentonville itself? Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was, it was Peter Rogers... Uh, sorry, um, uh, Gerald Thomas saving money. Uh, right. So he filmed all the prison scenes on the hoof, really. He didn't even get permission. They just sort of broke in. So they actually broke into the prison... Yeah, well, I think they, they, he claimed that he was doing some establishing shots, but then they actually got Arthur Askey in, and um, he mixed with some of the real prisoners, and they sort of wow. shot it on the hoop, which is why Arthur Askey looks terrified. Um, and in fact, he's Yes, just... he really does. Because, I mean, he's got that on his plate, isn't he, being around actual convicted felons. Plus, he's constantly trying to avoid... You know, you know, a beating from Brian, by, uh, from Brian Wilde. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from Wilde. So no wonder he's on the back foot, as it were. See, you can, in fact, you can see he's wet himself in some scenes, can't you? Yes. I mean, yeah, they're, they're known crim- as you say, they're real criminals. You can see one of the craze associates um, is yeah. sh- sharing the cell, and the cell he's in at the beginning apparently is the one that Christie was in leading up to his execution. So right, um, little bit of, wow, a little, little bit of trivia for you yeah, there. Nods towards the uh, mild-mannered serial killer. So um, you get suddenly, um, so Askey's out. Askey um, comes out, he, he nicks, out, he nicks a pint of milk, and then suddenly is he's got a dolly bird who's obviously been waiting for him outside, and she pulls up in a milk float. <laughs> exactly, and this this yeah. is um, Joan Sims, of course. Joan Sims, yeah. yeah. And, and she she obviously hasn't seen him in years. And yeah. there's some jokes about her, her go tops, which is exactly, yeah. perfect carry on fodder. And then she he says something along the lines of, "I've I've been waiting for it for quite a while." Yeah. She says, "Well, why why don't you come in and get it?" Um. And then there's a, I mean, it is such a cheap joke, but I I haven't I haven't seen it before. He gets into the milk float, and then we just the camera pulls back, and we just see the milk float going up and down, left and right. Exactly. Yeah. That and then, and then all the milk turns into yogurt, and then turns into cheese, exactly, um, yeah. because of the because of the reverberations quite while a, they're having a having a bit having a bit of it. It's quite quite an impressive effect, actually, isn't it? That sort of yeah, it's amazing. It's, that, it's done in about four seconds. How, how all the milk yeah. bottles turn into a uh, solid cheese. And J- Joan Sims, who's called her characters Holly Jockey Sticks. Holly Holly Jockey Sticks. Holly yeah. Jockey Sticks. She says, um, "Cool, I didn't expect." No, I expected a bit more from you. Can't remember what it is now. It's something like that. I can't remember it? what it was. Yeah, was, I was it. I I expected more than a teaspoonful. More than that, that was it. More than a teaspoonful to go with my tea. Yeah, he says, "Well, I'm not going to stir it. It's too hot." <laughs> and then, and then she immediately drives into a lamppost. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you haven't changed, have you?" She's, "Oh, shut up!" And they're back to their bickering ways yeah, exactly, immediately. Yeah. 
Because she, uh, her character, is she's very accident prone, isn't she? Very good. Yes, yes. There's a bit later on when they're in the nuclear bunker, and she can't say a word, and he just says "blink" once for yes or twice for no, and she does that, and she breaks her leg. That's um, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. How, I mean, that's hell of a blink. Well, exactly. Um, I mean, you sort of accept it at the time because of her character, but you're right when you read it out as a story. It yeah, seems a bit unlikely, doesn't it? I mean, I'm wondering. I I'm wondering if her bones have been weakened by the nuclear milk that Kenneth Williams. Sorry, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Aren't yes. We? Yeah. 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 We should get to that. Yeah. The villain of the piece, obviously, is is, is Ken, who's trying to create nuclear milk, and yeah. um, he also wants to take over the the uh, dairy round of of the local area. Yes. Um, by um, putting nuclear powered milk into the milk float, so That's they can right. do a whole a whole morning's delivery. That's in about right. nine minutes. That, that's the idea. But so it's lots of fast forward exactly, milk yeah. But he's actually a he's a mole put in the dairy by the evil yes. rival dairy boss, Wilfred Hyde White. Um, Wilfred Hyde White, yeah. Sort of playing his more malevolent yes. side. Yes, yes, and he's, he's very good at that. He is very good, but and he gets probably the most famous moment of the film, where he gets the milk bottle up his ass, essentially. Ah, almost yeah, immediately. Yeah, directly up his ass. You know, in quite, in quite a lot of detail yeah. as well. And 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 if you if, if yeah, it's quite almost too 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 graphic, really. Yeah, for yeah, 1959. Yeah. I, I will say that. But you do get, which of course, which every Bond fan now knows, if they watched um, the uh, remake of Casino Royale, mm. the a villain there who uh, cries blood. Well, of yeah. course, in this, Wilfred Hyde White cries milk. Yeah, ever and, after, um, ever after that. Ever since the milk bottle is jammed up, his ah so. Um, when he gets too excited or happy or sad, he does cry milk, which I believe uh, the director of Casino Royale was, um, said it was quite a seminal moment for him as a ah, kid. Right. Um, so he made, his, he made his villain cry yeah. cry blood. Literally a seminal moment. There's an there's yeah, no early yeah. subplot, isn't there, about Kenneth Moore, weirdly. He's acts a journalist. Investigating... Yeah, what was that about? Well, he's investigating a milk drowning, as in someone apparently drowned in milk. But that's sort of abandoned very quickly, isn't yeah, it? it? It's, it's it never mentioned again. Go anywhere. As soon as Arthur Askey gets his job at the, the dairy, then you never see Kenneth Moore again. It's bizarre, isn't it, really? Um, very odd, isn't it? Yeah. Because that, that could have been... Because I thought maybe that was something to do with, with, the row, with you know, Wilfred Hyde White and Kenneth Williams. But it's not. It's a completely it's abandoned totally, subplot. Yeah, of yeah, the yeah. I, it, may have been, it may have been a, an idea of Arthur Scargill's that didn't quite, didn't quite, didn't take. quite take. I'm not sure. I mean, again, it's um, no. lost in the mist of time slightly it's a shame because well i was just gonna say that's kenneth moore's only carry-on appearance him and ascii uh, yeah is there one yes is there one outing in it yeah and it just led into a big but comedy be... cul-de-sac that didn't really exactly anywhere. well to be honest i mean he you know kenneth moore is, is not known for his comedy chops no but he... apparently he, he was he was known for drinking milk apparently he was a he, yeah, he, yeah yeah he was a self-confessed milk addict. Well, maybe that's why he was in it. He went to the Betty Ford Clinic, actually, to actually seek help. Well, that's interesting, because apparently there was no such thing as lactose intolerance until this film was released. So it could could well be that um, this helped spark, if not the obesity crisis, then certainly... uh, as I say, lactose intolerance. So, I mean, to sort of give some, uh, for those who've not seen it, I mean, and I, I can't imagine there aren't many people who haven't seen Car- mm. Carry On Milkman. Um, once Askey is back with Joan Sims, um, it's all about him getting his old milk round back. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it re- this, whole, this whole thing really just focus on just a small neighbourhood of husbands and wives that yes. bicker and argue. Well, and then with the subplot with Wilfred and uh, Ken with, Ken um, with trying the, to the nuclear create milk. nuclear 
milk. So you, so you, you meet a huge plethora of neighbors all next to each other. Um, And you meet the guy who has been, who um, has taken on Asti's milk round in his absence um, under Her Majesty's pleasure. And that's Charlie Hawtrey. Charlie Hawtrey as the the original Randy Milkman, isn't he? So much innuendo for uh, Charlie in this. But it's all strange innuendo. It doesn't quite make sense. Like, oh, I'm all of a churn. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're a half-pipe sensation. That's right, yeah. And he keeps saying, watch your neck. Watch your neck. Yeah, watch your neck. I don't know. And then, oh, <laughs> watch your neck. I can't work out if he's actually having affairs with the housewives or not, because it's obviously it's a bit early to be that explicit. Um, yes, I mean, he keeps disappearing into, into, into houses and things like that, but... Some quite famous names as the housewives, as Joyce Grenfell. Of yes, it is. It is a who's who, isn't it? You got uh, uh, Margaret Rutherford, Margaret Rutherford. Joan Littlewood. I know Joan Littlewood. Now that's apparently she wanted to improvise her scene, so they workshopped it for a, for a couple of weeks. Right. Her, her and her husband Norman Rossington, of course. Right. Um, because she was known for that, she was known for her improvising skills. But then apparently, when the cameras mm-hmm. turned on her, she froze, and all she just says is milk. And she says it twice, and and that's and that's, that's, that's it. That's her scenes. It's yeah. a shame because she's you know renowned theatrical well, d- didn't, Diane. Didn't, didn't she want to get a whole subplot going about her and her husband? Um, he was having an affair. Yeah, and, she, and she, she, she found out. Yeah, she was and, in uh, fact. Yeah, she was supposed to be a battered wife, wasn't she? Cause she's, yes, she's sort of got a, her arm in a sling and not all that stuff. And Norman Rossington, who quite often plays these sort of heavies, doesn't he? Norman Rossington. Yeah, he's yeah. got that sort of nasty look about him. But it doesn't go anywhere because she she um, she didn't manage to eke out her improvisation no. more than just saying milk twice. Fr- froze in the headlights, as it were. Um, meanwhile, you got Irene Handel as the sort of local, uh, you know, dare, dare say the word, you know, the local bike. But she sort of is. She's sort yeah, of yeah, constantly, yeah, yeah. constantly looking for it, and she's always before she knocks on any door, she always pours a bottle of milk over herself, which to to look seductive. Yeah. Yeah, and then but, look, looks in the mirror and says, oh, not bad. And then, yeah, oh, not bad at all. You're oh, nice to know, you know. Exactly. Oh. All that sort of stuff. But you can tell, obviously, all this milk, because um, she must have stank on set. I know. It's, um, yeah, you can see Charles Autry visibly blonde. Yeah, sort of. Because you know, she's supposed to be his, his true love, isn't, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're both constantly out and about looking to have a little nibble, as it were, but actually, truly, they... They, they belong uh, together. Yeah. They belong together, but she obviously constantly reeks of milk. And, yeah. um, well, that's why, because at the end... He's, he's, of course, always looking for cock. Maybe that's why um, you have all these crash zooms into men's crotches. Yeah, maybe maybe Hawtrey had some power. I well, don't know. Well, there are all these close-ups of his face looking um, appreciative. But it's not. Yes. The, the, I think it may be a fault of the edit because. Um, well, they never. Vast. Yeah, and they never show anyone actually engaged in any sort of sexual act. What what oh, they no. do is is they will do what 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 they often do in films. Um, you know, though in, instead of the idea of a man about to engage in sexual congress, they'll show an erect Nelson's column. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in this, obviously, it all has to be dairy related yeah, product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There'll be like an overflowing milk bowl, and then the next exactly, shot will yeah. just be, you know, a pat of butter. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or... But you're supposed to put two and two together, and there's an awkward bit where someone's slicing a, a hunk of cheese, and Charles Oakley yeah, making uh... these faces. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. More, and yeah. you're thinking, well, that's yeah. weird with a knife going. Overdoes it on the milk and dairy stuff, really. But I suppose it is Carol Milkman. I mean, what do you expect, really? Yeah. 
I did feel a little bit queasy after watching this film. Exactly, I must admit. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but there you go. So, so, so we've established the sort of gang now in the little cul-de-sac. Askey wants his job back. Hawtrey doesn't want to give it back to him. He's very happy now, uh, constantly sort of going around making innuendos at people. And then, of course, they they find out overnight that all their that the milk has been delivered, but a lot quicker than normal. Yes. And um and this milk is glowing and this milk is glowing gently green. Yes, and this is Kenneth Williams's gambit, isn't it? This is Kenneth Williams, who plays like a sort of mad scientist. Mad scientist working at a dairy, which is a bit of a stretch, but um I suppose if you if you're buying into the idea of nuclear milk, then it's, I suppose it goes. Well yeah, he, he keeps saying he keeps saying that the future is nuclear milk. Um yeah. and um Everyone around him is going, but um, it will kill people. Yeah, and he's going, and he doesn't seem that that doesn't seem to bother him. No, well, um, it's quite. A, we'll come on to this later when when things really hot up. But it's surprisingly gritty film in some ways, and yeah. apparently the number of on-screen deaths, um, which is about fifteen thousand, apparently it's the most right. in, most in any Carry On film, even Carry On Meteor, um, which we'll right. cover in a future episode, of course. Which, yeah. But, um, oh my God! Well, part of this is because once Arthur Askey realizes he needs to get his job back, he enters into a sort of race, almost, isn't it? It's a bit like hell, dri- a, hell drivers. A sort of hell driver milk float race between himself and, and, um, and... Charles 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 Hortry. and um, so um, yeah, and of course, what what Askey doesn't know is Hawtrey's uh, milk float has been sort of souped up. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We've, it's got nuclear milk now instead of instead of petrol. And so Arthur, which Askey, I don't know how. I don't know how that again. Uh, you know the science. I don't think the science bears examination in this film. It just no. doesn't really make sense. But Arthur Askey nicks a hovercraft at one point and tries to deliver all yes. the on that. But in the so yeah. many, so many people get run over during this sort of portion. It's supposed to be a comedy. It, well, yeah, in, in the milk float scene, yeah. I mean, there, there's a bit where, um, um, because obviously the nuclear milk float, they just they just filmed a milk float in, in fast forward. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's skidding down the streets, it's knocking people. I know, um, and there's com- com- comedy sound effects, it, but, but it's it's implied that they all get killed because like it cut, when it's the next day, there's a sort of really long sheet of paper um, and they're sort of stood in front of the desk. And the the boss, you know, Terence Longdon, is saying, yeah. saying, "What what have you done? The list of casualties is endless." I know, and he goes, "Take take a look at the window," and, they, and he pulls up the curtains, and there's all these hearses, um, exactly, but yeah. they're all they're all being um, not not uh, driven by uh, the the traditional horse, but but by cows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a traditional milk funeral they call it. Yes. Is that yeah. a, is that a real thing? A milk funeral? Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, apparently milk funerals were were a real big thing in the um, yeah. in the late fifties, early early sixties. Since now, gone out gone out of favour. But yeah, um, you're absolutely right. There's all these we- there's all these traditional Swanee whistle kazoo um, sound effects, but there's also the real sound, or what appears to be a real sound, of human hitting yeah. metal. It, it does. So it, it sounds it sounds like they're dropping stakes onto a wooden floor, you know, thud, thud. It does. But it's really... thud, and then it... Exactly, yeah. Very odd. Real... Especially, especially when the hovercraft goes through the school. Oh, that's t- that's awful, that bit, isn't it, really? Well, it sort of moves so many down, and then the teacher just looks into the camera and just sort of goes, good. And you're, and you're just sort of like, wow, that's a bit yeah, dark. A bit very, very dark. And who's the teacher? I didn't recognise him. I didn't recognise him at all. Um, I don't well, know if he's it? even got a 
credit. No, he but, hasn't. That's it. He hasn't got the credits. But he no. just takes a beat, looks at all the dead students, and just looks at the camera and goes, "Good." And then it cuts away. Cuts away immediately to the further mayhem. Yeah. Um, so Hawtrey, of course, um, drives so fast at one point that um, uh, his uh, float actually takes off. Yeah, and there's a very un- unconvincing. Sort of yeah, very, very, very dodgy. I mean, they must have just got a toy truck and put some, you know, cat, cat gut or fishing yeah. wire, and then they do that wobbly, wobbly thing. And... Um, thing. But you do get that lovely um, Charles Hawtrey G-force face, face all stretched back. Yes, with uh, with a uh, milk coming out of his nose. I know. And, like... <laughs> and apparently, they did that on a, on a wall of death. That's how they got right. that effect. I mean, not on a motorbike, just just on the wall. No, he just shoved him against, shoved him up against the wall. Filmed it and just threw milk at him. Yeah. So. It's a lot of milk. I wonder how much milk they got through. I think that I think a lot of the budget had to go on milk. I mean I mean I mean the whole film was spot, uh, it does it does say we would like to thank and also and commiserate Unigate. Yeah. But apparently a lot of the milk they used, well not a lot of it, but when, when there's like a glass of milk or something. Right. It's rainwater because it, it showed up better on screen apparently. Okay. So um, Wow. And didn't I hear right that at one point um, there's a bit where Askey has to um, down a yard of milk in the pub? Yeah. And um, um, such was the problem with him and um, was, uh, Brian, Brian Wilde yeah. that Brian Wilde had actually laced that with bleach. Yes, that, that's that's true, actually. Quite a nasty, because he sort of pulls that Arthur Askey face that, you know, sort of eyes, yeah. eyes popping. Eyes popping, and then then he starts, you know, vomiting. You can hear him going, "I'll, I'll get him for this." Um, yeah, which isn't actually in the script. So I no, and 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 also he um, it's dubbed over because he then turns to where Wild is and goes, "You absolute!" And it looks like he's saying shit. Yeah, but he actually goes, "You absolute cow!" And then there's a moo sound effect. Yeah, moo sound effect just to quite, cover that. There's quite a lot of moo sound effects covering up awkward moments, aren't there? Really, in this film? Yeah. Um, I've I got to ask a question about mm. Williams' costume, because he oh, um, yeah. he does wear comedy udders he does. the yeah. film in his white lab coat, but he's got these udders that um, he what? keeps sque- squeezing, and um, um, at one point um, he puts some uh, tomato ketchup on his chips from one. I know. Um, it's, it's, they're like little, co- little condiment teats or something, and mm. I didn't quite... I wondered where that came from. Well, it was his own idea, apparently. Um, right. Like the first time you see him, he's got test tubes and stuff hanging off them, and and scissors, and you know, a pair of glasses and stuff like that. Yeah, um, post-it notes and things. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's more like a sort of prop for storing other props, almost. Well, know. towards the end, utility um, belt sort of thing. He he, he literally weaponizes them, doesn't he? He's um, he's got like a knife on the end of one, which obviously because the 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 teeth is rubber, so it's all bendy and just flapping around, and it's, it just looks very odd. It does and it's, again, it's covered by it's Arthur Askew, isn't he? Saying, "Where did you get one of those from?" And he says, "Well, it's nuclear." Uh, yes, well, that's his answer to everything, isn't it? Well, yours is nuclear. Nuclear, you see. Yeah. Why don't you blast off? I think they say to him quite a lot, don't they? Well, blast off then. Exactly, uh, yeah. um, which he doesn't. Um, no. and, 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 and Wilfred sort of, he's very much the puppet master in all of this, isn't he? Sort of hang, yeah, he sort of hangs behind. He's in that big water tower. Of course, they call it a milk tower. Yeah. Um, on, on top of the Unigate dairy within his big office, just sort of all those computer screens yes. or TV screens where he's looking at all the milk floats and he's working out how to take over this uh, milk route. 
Because it's quite an elaborate set, isn't it? That and it's supposed to be revolving. Really right? elaborate. Like the yeah. First post office tower restaurant was one of those that were revolving. Well, so... apparently they ran out of money, so what they did is they just asked Wilfred to revolve instead. I wondered about that because uh, so well... he does spend a lot of the time just sort of moving in slow concentric circles throughout the whole film to give the impression that he's got this massive, yes, um, sort of almost James Bond villain um, palace or whatever um, lair. Yes. Um, but it, if you look closely, you, you can even hear. The, yeah, you can hear. Yeah. You can hear the little footfalls as he's going That's around. True. In fact, I think he stumbles at one point. Exactly, he gets giddy, doesn't he? I mean, I. Uh, yeah. I wondered if that was a subplot of because at one point there's one of his sabotage plots. He's trying to put, what was it trying to put beer in the milk, something like that. Beer in the milk at one ale, point. Ale, I think it is. There's a lot of scenes with 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 him when he summons Williams. Um, where um, uh, Wilfred's still sort of gently spinning as he's talking. So often, yeah. from uh, Williams's point of view, he's just talking to the back of Wilfred's head. Kenneth Williams refers to this in his uh, diaries and says that blithering right. nit Wilfred was spinning on his ass again today. I don't know how I'm supposed to act off right. this nincompoop or something like that. He's quite spiteful about him. Um, yeah. But then he has a wank of I know. Well, I think there's a later entry where he, he, yeah. I think he keeps calling him a dumb bitch as well. Dumb, that, yeah, that's that it, point. dumb bitch. Sorry, yeah. Dumb bitch. But, I mean, Gosh. you know, you, you didn't enjoy much of his professional career, did he, Williams? I've, I don't... I think even he, uh, later on, um, where he started really dissing some of the uh, Carry On films, but I seem to remember he does mention Carry On Milkman a few mm. times, um, just about the tawdriness of it, the uh, stupid things he had to wear, all his nuclear puns, yeah. all that sort of thing. He really did think it was beneath him. Yeah, he, um, he did. Apart uh, from apart from that one, carry on sleeping, is it? He, carry on sleeping, yeah. All about dreams and sleep. Uh, yeah, sleep, yeah. Clinic, sleep clinic in Geneva. It's weird, isn't yeah. it? We, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Which, so. which we'll get to that. But I mean, I think it's odd because you know he he's talking about um, carry on Milkman with such disdain. He's just yeah. saying it's cheap and tawdry. And then straight after this, he does three weeks in the West End doing hot arseholes. Yeah, which was a sort of review, which, wasn't it? Yeah, was, which, you know, was um, pretty much poo-pooed by the critics. Him and Lionel Jeffries, I seem to remember. Yeah, um, two, two, two hot assholes, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it says outside the theatre. But they'd spelt it ass, hadn't they? To get yeah, ass. Ah, because yeah, of, because yeah. of the, you know, to get around the Lord Chancellor's obscenity yes, thing. Yeah. And so there's like a picture of a donkey. I've seen the poster, actually. There's a picture, picture of a donkey with a hole in it. And, yeah. and Lionel Jeffries and Kenneth Williams are looking through it. You know. Looking out, out of the... Of the whole backside of the donkey, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's very odd. Um, yeah, anyway, so, um, film wise, um, uh, the race has happened, Hawtrey is hurtled off into the sort of atmosphere at one point. Oh, by the way, I um, just just quickly, still on the race, did you notice yeah. that it shares a bit of footage with Ben Hur? I mean, it's it's there if you spot it, but it's slightly too subtle to be a, a deliberate homage, right? Um, every so often, you can suddenly see a, a chariot rather than a, a milk float, but it's quite subliminal. I thought that was because, um, oh, okay, right. I, Which explains I think what, why in the next scene when they're being treated for cuts and bruises and the doctor is John LaMazurier. Yes. He's, he's, uh, he's, uh, what on earth have you been up to this time, you exactly, silly yeah, fool? You silly milk fool. You silly milk fool. Um, I see you've lost your milk teeth and your milk legs. But at the end, right. but, uh, I'll just have, just have the usual yoghurt, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, this is one scene. But anyway, he's, as you probably noticed, he's wearing a toga in this scene. Yes. And that's because he's literally just been playing exactly the same role in Ben-Hur, and they didn't even get him to change or anything. He just walked, oh, from, wow. walked from one set to the one other. One set to the other. Good Lord. It's virtually the same performance. 
because I know that on the on the night of the race, there's a fancy dress party happening in one of the houses, and I saw a couple of people dressed as Romans and, and Greeks and all that. So yeah. I just thought that was part of it, but no, obviously now yeah. they literally spliced in some literally of some spliced of, some of it in. Wow, yeah, that's interesting. But anyway, so after, yeah, after the yeah, after so, the race. Uh, yeah, after the race, it all then it it's sort of. Then there's this weird sort of, and it's almost 20 minutes long with um, Kenneth Williams doing nuclear milk experiments. Yes, obviously it's supposed to be funny. Um, I think it's supposed to be funny, and 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 this is the first first and only time that um, the visual effects um, man Harry Hausen was involved in a Carry On film. Yeah, um, of course, because he creates this a variety of milk-based, uh, well, as well as I suppose beasts, really. I mean, yeah, they they crawl cows. out of they crawl out of the bottles and and the sort of and the vials yeah, and the and, test tubes and. and... And you can tell it's housing because it looks, I mean, it looks so good for, you know, tiny plastic models, individual. Exactly. Um, but it's such a weird thing to see in a carry-on film. Exactly. And, and Kenneth Williams just brushes them aside and gets on with his next experience. Yeah. He sort of laughs like a maniac and throws milk bottles onto the oh, ground. Oh, that's it. Yes. Suddenly, yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly this sort of milk cow comes up and there's a chicken. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of, there's a, for some reason there's a slim loris. I don't know why they I, chose no, that. A, um, a, a rhino. Rhino giraffe, I think giraffe and um, a mouse and a, and um, a mouse um, they're all just sort of cavorting around him yeah. and then he, he then just sort of goes oh forget it <laughs> and then that's that's that, that done yeah yeah, oh, yeah well okay. i think i mean he'd just been given his last chance by wilfred hyde white hadn't he as in yes this is your last chance to do the dairy out of business yes i want that route and i want it now by the way, we should say that the name of the dairy is Mrs. Dale's Dairy, which is a reference to yes. reference yes. to a radio show of the time, which is yeah. weird because there's no one called Mrs. Dale in it at all. It's literally just a, a one-note gag. Just a one-note gag, yeah. yeah. I think maybe if you were in 1959, that was a lot funnier. Well, I hope um, so because the first time they say it, there's literally 10 seconds of nothing happening, which yes. presumably is for the audience to laugh. Um, yeah. Because that's the weird thing about these films is that they were expecting laughs and so they had to time the gags and the, and the pauses. Yeah, you know that's leave space for for laughter, and sometimes that doesn't uh, tally with what how we react these days. But anyway, yeah, that's just a side note. So, so yeah, so Williams' experiments sort of well, they don't even go awry. He just makes them and then sort of gives up on them, and then and then yeah. and then we're getting towards the sort of fulcrum of the piece where ASCII and um, and Hawtrey finally team up because they they suddenly realise that the carpet is literally being swept underneath exactly them with, the, with these new nuclear uh, milk float drivers, almost like little robots, um, and and you get Williams going deliver, deliver the milk, and you know, delivering milk, and then all these milk floats go off. Yeah, you yeah. know, all in fast forward, and then suddenly there's a competition now of who's going to deliver the milk to the doorstep. Is it going to be our heroes exactly. who have now patched up their differences, or these um, strange uh, Williams? Uh, yeah. Nuclear milk powered robots. That's all half robot, half um, I know. milk float. That's right, built yeah. into it. What are they called? Nu- Nuclebots. Nuclebots, yeah. Nuclebots. Fly so my Nuclebots. And there's 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 the leader, which is gold top, and that's then right, there's yeah. the red tops, and then there's okay. the blue tops. That's right, um, yes. And they have this ridiculous bit where, it's in order to deliver the milk quicker, they just squirt the milk through the letterbox. Yes, then, yeah, or pour it down the chimney, yeah, or um, just in one it. case, throw it through the window. Yeah, and, but then. The neighbourhood are like, right, come on, let's... Well, I think at one point, we're not having any of this rot. Well, although a couple of them at first seem to like it. Sort of, yeah, well, one milk. of them gets green milk and goes, oh, goes to me eyes, and then <laughs> exactly. drinks it, and then looks in the camera like, ooh, as if to be sick. Because it's nuclear, which isn't followed because up, it is, is it? it is nuclear, yeah. 
isn't followed no, up Adam's no, it's never, it, no. Um, well I presume you know some sort of radioactive poisoning well I presume so um, but uh, again that's probably too dark even for them to, yeah it's even, to even for them represent. they probably well they, they keep saying uh, that'll give you the collie wobbles that will and there's that old couple with, with the milk that goes down the chimney and they're just reading the paper and they just hold out the cup into the chimney yes that's and, right yeah you know, one lump or two, dear. So she puts coal in it. It isn't really adding. Yeah. Well, what's this rubbish? But anyway, as you say, we're heading towards the conclusion because the um, the denouement all is... The, all the, all the neighbours suddenly go, you ain't taking over this milk route. It's been in the family for generations and all that. So there's a big... So what they do is they... um. I can't remember how they stop the robots. It's something I think they just find a button and they press it or something, and they it's, all just power down. Yeah, it's sort of in the background, isn't it? Because Jen Sims is in the foreground, falling over. Yes. And so you um, don't. I, I, I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be accidental or, or deliberate. I think I think it was. I think someone said, "Put put that light out," and and she goes, "All right then." And she goes, well, "I presume this is the button." And then, then all the robots they power yeah. down. So it's, apparently, they haven't got a big range. So Ken, Kenneth Williams is sort of hiding in the uh, back of one of the gardens with a, with a generator so he can power them. Yeah. And that's what happens. They all get closed. They all just shut down. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're not... Like, oh! And they're not... Yeah. Even though they should still be in the back of the shot, the next shot, they're suddenly... They're all gone. They're all right? gone. Yeah, yeah. And and Williams is um, sort of... Well, it, I, I don't know if one of the robots has turned on him because it's a bit where he's like, no, no! But you don't see what's coming. You just see yeah, a it's like, new shot. And then the next shot is just him as a puddle of milk. With his face in it, looking out. With his face in it, yeah. And, like, the lab coat around and just the others floating in it. And, um, and yeah, he's, in a couple of scenes' time, he's back in it for the final... He's, um... he's back in again, yeah. And this time he's in his civvies, um, as yeah. if nothing's ever happened. Yeah, and he's sort of got his hat on as if he's leading. Because but... it, it all sort of transpires now that they save the neighbourhood and... Um, and they all have a big, you know, piss up um, in the pub. Except they're all, of course, drinking milk. Yeah. Um, so they're all having pints of milk. And uh, do you want do you want a pint, Joyce? Now, just uh, just a mild yeah, half just, a milk just, for me. Yeah, just a that couple of drinks. And then and then Wilfred and then Wilfred comes in. Yes, he storms in um, with quite, a bottle of milk. It's quite scary, actually. He looks really malevolent at this it's point. Furious, he doesn't he? In, and, then... and he just throws that pint of milk across the bar. And it just hits Askey square in the face. Yeah. Smash. And then the whole thing becomes just this great big... Um, big milk bottle fight. Milk they bottle sort of fight. take the idea of a custard pie fight, but it's all done with milk bottles. I know, um, which is horrible, really, because, you know, if you grab a bottle and smash it in someone's face, it's not really which the same. There's a bit where Joan Sims is repeatedly um, smashing at least seven or eight pints over... Um, Wilfred Hyde White's face just smash, smash, smash. Yeah, exactly. Smash. Yeah, and the sort of locked off shot, yeah. isn't it? They, they, no, it's gradually zooming in. That's what it is into his. Yes, face. yeah. With with each whack, it just gets closer, closer, whack, closer, closer, whack, and then you just get his little bus eyes at the end with milk running through. Yeah, them. yeah. Um, and the people are throwing milk, and then there's, and then suddenly the back of a milk float comes crashing through the window, and then they're throwing cheese That's and true. yogurt at each yeah. other. The neighbourhood will break in. All the housewives that um, like, yeah, and suddenly everyone's involved. And, and co- everyone's involved. It's basically a bit, yeah. It's like they couldn't think of an ending. I, I guess no, no. Um, so they, they're fighting, and then amongst all this chaos, you know, there's wheels of cheese now, um, orange juice, um, yeah. yogurts. I mean, yogurts being catapulted. Yeah, um, you know, across, and then suddenly, ding, 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 on the old pub bell, and Arthur Askey, who's now covered yeah. in milk, who just goes, "Time, please, 
for more milk, and then they just start fighting again. Start fighting again, and then it fades out, isn't it? And credits come over. Yeah, it's got lots of classic scenes in it. Yeah, it's got it's got enough warmth and good humour to sort of. For me, this really is the first Carry On film. Yeah, it's the first proper one, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it feels like it. Um. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's some baffling bits, but I mean, there always were with the early yeah, camera. But yeah. I like the fact that you had Harry Hosen doing his first work. Um, yeah, uh, that, yeah, things on. like that. And, that's, and, that's a nice pub quiz question, you know. Yeah, that, that's true, actually. Much God, like... Weirdly, for any Carry On film, it's, it has possibly, maybe not, maybe Meteor, with the only exception, um, it has just the most amazing special effects of the time. Well, that, they were quite cutting edge. I mean, they were known for... Um, people forget that the early carry-on films were known for actually um, stretching the boundaries of what was technically possible in, in films. Yes, Certainly yeah. in Britain. Um, yeah. And uh, there's some argument for saying that it was a direct influence on, on Kubrick. Um, yeah. A lot of the same actors turn up, um, some of the same lines even. Yes, ensemble pieces. Um, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And in fact, um, that bit where the lift opens... And all the milk comes out in slow milk. motion. That's d- directly leads to The Shining, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. No. Absolutely. No, there are so many nods to other films yeah. um, in this: the, the crying of the milk, the yeah. uh, sh- the shining of the milk, um, the exactly, uh, robots, yeah. um, the uh, Harry House and stuff. There's, there's a lot of stuff there's in there. A lot going on. It's it's, it's it's almost like a sci-fi. Weirdly, it sort of is really. I think uh, because obviously, like a science fiction. It's well, very new- odd. Nuclear- localized. Science fiction. Well, the sort of nuclear plot at the time was very much playing on the fears of the time, but yeah, sort of cutting edge technology and all that is is it's very much of its time, but in a good way and in a yeah, you know, it's definitely. I mean, if it's, it's on, I'll way. always I'll always sit and watch oh, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. definitely one I will I will rewatch. If only for Hawtrey, but um, yeah, just for Hawtrey, really. I, I mean, know, I, I think Askey's great. Um, yeah, he did, you know, when he's not injured and when he's not visibly hurting from from Brian on, Wilde from on-screen fights with Wild, he's great. Yeah. Williams is dreadfully miscast. Um, well, he quite often was in the early films. He was sort of yeah. trying to play it straight, wasn't he, almost? And, um, yeah, but a, but a mad scientist. Um, in, yeah. And also, he, he um, because he speaks with a weird accent throughout the whole thing, and yes. someone goes, where, where are you supposed to be from? And he goes, Jersey, Jersey like the cow. Yes. Like, like the cow. <laughs> that's it, exactly right, yeah. 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 And there's a movie so he's got a heavily Jerseyan accent. It's difficult to tell if that's authentic or not. Very hard with uh, Williams. Yeah, well, exactly. Master of voices. Yeah. But all round, good fun. Yeah, good fun. A, a nice, yeah. nice addition to the canon. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, that, that was great fun, Jeremy. Thank you. I really enjoyed that. That's all right. So, um... Next time we'll be discussing heading to the swinging sixties. Yay! And time. what better way than the swinging the sixties with the third in the Carry On series, which of course is Carry On Vet. Vet, absolutely, Carry On Vet. So, so um, one of my favourites actually, and a few um, final, not final, but a few more regular cast members uh, appear in this. Yes, yeah, you got Bernie Breslau's going to appear Breslau. now. Sid, um, Sid, yeah. don't forget, Sid, right, Sid, right near the end appears. Right near the end, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Valerie Leon's also yes, in this. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, Terry Scott. Terry Scott's return of Terry Scott. Yeah. So the, um, the ingredients are beginning to simmer. Yes. And um, we're nearly there. So, yeah, carry on vet. Okay, well, lovely. Uh, join us again the next time when we will be discussing carry on vet. Until then, it's goodbye from me. And, yeah, bye to you. And carry on 
I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.